Hey guys, welcome back to the Off Writers Podcast, official podcast of digital and creative media works. Where each week we take some of pop culture and try to break it down to better understand it. My name is David. My name is Arn. I didn't prep Arn for this at all, so... Um, Going and, in blind! And he doesn't listen to our show, he edits my book, so... <laughs> this is a real real turn of events for us. Normally we're doing the written word, today we're doing the spoken word. Um, it's a new month, and it's a new me, and it's a new us. And this year we've been doing a new theme for each month, and this month's theme is Immersion. And what better way to kick it off than with the immersion of Red Dead Redemption 2. Yes. So you lost your mind and played a lot of this game, didn't you? I played so much of this game. Um, yep, as soon as it came out, yeah. I was I was deep, deep into this game. You basically um, foregone sleep since it came out. Yes, yeah, just to play it. Um, and and I going? played a hell of a lot of it. Yeah, it's well, it's it's going well. Um, yeah. I'm up to the epilogue. Um, I... Some of you out there may, be, may also be up to the epilogue. Um, I, I imagine a few people, but probably not all. A few all. people who uh, have also foregone sleep to get to the epilogue. I'm at like 30%. I've been faffing. I've been mm. mostly clothes shopping in the video game. Um, <laughs> I've been doing a lot of riding around the countryside, appreciating the atmosphere. I've been doing a lot of um, uh, side quests, a lot of just chatting to people in the street, saying hi. Yeah. Um, role-playing as Arthur, going to bars, getting too drunk and fighting people. Um, <laughs> so I've been having a real time of it, but... Before we get into the summary, just a quick uh, cap off of what the game actually is. Red Dead Redemption 2 is a Western-themed first-person RPG develop. Sorry, it's a Western-themed first-person game. So as in as in developed in party in-house uh, RPG developed and published by Rockstar Games as the prequel to the 2012 to the 2010 title of the same name, Red Dead Redemption, and is the third game in the Red Dead series. Uh, interesting that they went with prequel. They didn't. They no one really kind of. When they announced that, it was a really subtle, like, they were like, oh, it's a prequel. Like, they didn't, it wasn't, like, a feature of the game that it was a prequel. Yeah, 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 I don't, um, I don't think many people were, were preoccupied with that. I don't think no. Rockstar was Even the game because, isn't, which yeah. is nice. Yeah, uh, it is very nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's um, just, we'll, we'll kind of get into that a bit with John's character and stuff, but before we do any of the analysis, we have to get through the recap, so bear with as we recap. Just a bit of a summary of what the game's all about, uh, and then we can delve into some of our thoughts, feelings, and analysis. In 1899, after a botched robbery, Dutch Vanderlyn's gang, including Arthur Morgan and a young John Marston, flee their hideout in Blackwater. They become trapped in the mountains and almost freeze to death, but eventually find their feet by robbing a train owned by an oil magnate, Leviticus Cornwall. Cornwall then enlists the help of the Pinkerton Detective Agency to hunt down the Vanderlyn gang. You play as Arthur Morgan, Dutch's workhorse, and occupy a sub- <laughs> Makes it sound like you're actually a horse. You're not a horse in you're the game. You're a man. He's, you're more like an attack dog. Yeah, uh, <laughs> exactly. Um, you <laughs> occupy a kind of supervisory role, like second in command within the gang, taking point on most jobs that you take part in. Mm. As the story progresses, Arthur and John grow to resent and respect each other as the gang continually, as the gang is continually forced to relocate on the lamb from the Pinkertons and the law alike. Ultimately, Arthur realizes he must soon make a choice between what is right and the only family he's ever known. And boy... I'm up to the point where I'm starting to see that he's like, I'm starting to see that something's about to happen, you know? Um, and what we're going to try mm. and do for this podcast is not spoil the story too much. We'll talk about maybe like the first 10 hours or so. I'm going to try and skirt around this story mm-hmm. as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but a lot of my opinions are going to be said, knowing what I know about the main story. Yeah, um, certainly. Yeah. So where do you feel like starting? Because we have a few different areas that we can cover. I'm going to say my meta reading till the very end, as I always do. Um, 
What do you want to? You want to talk? Let's let's talk about the main character. I think we should start with Arthur, right? Start with Arthur. He's this. I mean, he's like this kind of uh, stoic cowboy. He he's the very definition of like a stoic, as far as like the classic philosophers would imagine, right? He's and I, like yeah. he's, he's the cowboy archetype. He doesn't really feel much. Everyone assumes he has a heart of gold, but does he actually? Um, mm. He never seems to have any emotions, and when he does, it's about like you know this old flame that's left. I yeah. think yeah the the. He he gets a lot of rib in the game for being stupid. Um, he's and I, a bit. Dense. I don't think I don't think he's I don't think he's as stupid as everyone makes him out to be. Um, uh, he's he's you know an outlaw, mm-hmm. um, and and he's not he's not in touch with mainstream society. Nor does way. he really have the uh, the verbosity to express himself as um, dutch or trelawney does i would i would even argue um, that that's why he comes across as dull because where he's surrounded like in, it's in contrast with everyone else mm. where in the same way that john feels like this kind of like john feels like a closed mouth kind of sarcastic kid mm. because of everyone else around him arthur feels dumb because everyone else is so like flamboyant and dutch dutch is so like you know, yeah, he's, he's so extra. He is, um, uh, dude, dude is the most extra. He's, he's absolutely, um, uh, but Arthur, yeah, that there's there's a there's a hidden backstory with Arthur, um, okay. and and like the 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 woman in his life. Um, I don't know, I don't know how, because this has been my first playthrough yeah. of the game. I don't know how uh, various the playthroughs can be. Um, depending on your honor level. Probably um, not terribly story to story, but I imagine moment to moment it could mm, be quite different. Um, that, that old flame comes up repetitively throughout the I've, I've done the, the first side quest with that. Yeah. I, yeah. Is it, is it the case though with, cause did, the first Red Dead had an honor system, didn't it? I it is. It does. Yeah. It had, it had an, it had an honor system, which was like a, a good and evil kind of system, mm-hmm. but then it had, it had something else as well. Um, there was, you know, whether, whether you're a good guy and bad guy, and then there was your notoriety or your, your, um, like how famous remember. you are. Yeah. How, yeah. Your, your, your fame, profile, your fame level. Yeah. yeah. Which um, this game, and, and that's like when you get to Blackwater, by the time you get to Blackwater in Red Dead Redemption, people go like, they greet you on the street by name. Yes. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I haven't got to that point in this game where like Arthur's like a kind of famous outlaw or anything, but I've noticed that one of the things the game does really interestingly is like characters that you interact with in the real world kind of remember what you did it's really like yeah it's one of those subtle things that's eerie and weird and that you go like i you know i had an instance where um i was riding through someone's property like lying to escape some um they weren't bounty hunters they were just like regular raiders like regular thugs who tried to stop me and i was trying to ride through and they they kind of came down from the the hills and tried to beset me Mm. um and i was riding through someone else's property and I, you know, I stopped and whipped around on my horse and went bang, bang. It did red eye. And I was like, yeah. bang, 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 bang. And then I kind of stopped and looted all the bodies. And I could hear like someone screaming from the, the farm house or whatever. <laughs> Thought nothing of it. Was coming back for a quest later on and had to stop there to ask someone for help. And she was like, I'm not helping you. You killed all those men on my property. And I was like, what? Oh, I did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that was like a real moment where I was like, oh, Arthur's maybe not the best. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, you know? <laughs> he's, he's geared toward evil. Um, For sure. Uh, which is which is um, very different to the original game. Where John in, was in really game, yeah. the... He was geared toward good. He, he was, was the redeemed. geared toward redemption. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I... It's very difficult. Rockstar's made it very difficult to play him evil. Um, I I feel Arthur, you mean? Or, yeah, or, yeah. Play play him uh, like which is which is a good thing. It would change my play style completely. Well, um, being evil is in real life hard work. 
Yes. That's like, you know, being cruel is easy, but being actually evil Mm. takes a lot. Like, even to the extent where, like, the game, and we, this might be a good pivot to talk about, like, the way that the game kind of bucks a lot of the open world trends or, like, even some of the more basic stuff where, in any other game, if so, uh, do you ever play the prototype video game where you kind of where you were Alex Ma- uh, Alex someone so I've seen seen footage of the yeah thing. yep uh, Alex Mercer and you would kind of bounce around and you and you being evil was easy you just started murdering people because you were this kind of godlike mm. you know person whereas it, definitely Arthur Morgan is not he's 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 on the same level as everyone else he's not this you know empowered godlike character he's just a dude on a horse trying to you know get it done yeah uh, absolutely there's um this becomes apparent when you start running into bounty hunter groups and they in... immediately kill you they they are the so ruthless um uh they really are and and a lot of the time uh, when i was i was frustrated playing the game was immediately uh in, in those situations mm. where you know it's you're starting out in the game just going going down down right. the road on your horse and you get murdered and, and like eight eight vagabonds ambush you um and end up killing your horse or, or right. just or like yeah. pushing you to some god knows where region of the map and, and then you have to we, m- make your way back <laughs> I, I did the thing where i assumed when that was happening the first time that it was a video game and i'd be able to kill them instead of fleeing yeah exactly uh, but then after that you I, th- I think that's why so many people bounced off this game so quickly and like mm. didn't like it it's because like it just it just isn't a like it's not a very gamey video game um, I, have mm. a, I have a laundry list of stuff I can run through quickly of just examples of ways that it isn't, and then this might tie nicely into what you were trying to say. It doesn't really have a quest list. It has a journal where Arthur keeps notes, but it has a yeah, it has a very basic quest it's, list. It's the most. It's not like in Skyrim where you open it up and you can tab through mm. and see which faction gave you what, and where it's you go onto your map and you can check what active markers you have, but you can't look at a quest. It's yeah, mainly mainly it's um, mainly it's uh the like like the little requests people give you within the gang yes. um uh they they're checked off there they're like marked for later just so you don't forget you know where do who you wants look for what. those if you would if one was you hit the hit right in the d-pad oh no you hit left on the d-pad sorry oh, right right is opening okay. your satchel yeah. um uh, interesting i didn't know that yeah well it's it's just there because you know uh, like jack marston wants a book um, uncle wants hair pomade and oh, pomade rather um and yeah it Nothing, nothing like you know a but it's, regular yeah. open world. It's not like everything. The Witcher, else. for instance, well, where you have massive quest trackers. And um, just and like I, I think the other thing too is, um, with those games when you do have quests, uh, I was saying to someone today at work that, um, when you in other games when you complete a portion of a quest, right, uh, the game then updates your journal and, and gives you a summary of what you talked about. Mm. So you can be like, oh yeah, I remember, I, I remember what they were asking me about. But this game, you don't get that. You get the most, like, it's most of the quest, when when you look in your map, is, like, a sentence, and yeah. it's vague. So, unless you're paying attention in cutscenes and paying attention to dialogue and world events, you're probably not going to know what's happening. And I think that's why a lot of people don't like the way this game handles that stuff. Because in every other game that's out, like, big open world games, they, they kind of... It's like Assassin's Creed Odyssey, for instance, which is very much like The Witcher 3. They kind of modeled it off The Witcher 3. The whole game is like the analogy that I've written down. It's like a comfortable sofa where like everything is there for you. There's like a drink holster. You got like your beer and like you kind of lean back and you're reclined. Um, But Red Dead is like Red Dead 2 is like the opposite. No one tells you that you have a lantern that you can just bring out when it's dark. No one tells you to use a lasso to hogtie people. No one explains like the best ways to clean yourself and your clothes. The game doesn't even have fucking loading screen tips, which every single video game has now. Like, it is so the antithesis of current game trends to the point where, like, 
instead of what other games do, which is make you feel empowered to have access to this world, you have to, um, you know, you have to take Arthur and you have to be Arthur and you have to kind of probe the world and find out. Yeah. And you don't find out bounty hunters are fucking lethal until they murder you. And you don't find out that... <laughs> yeah, that yeah the, the game doesn't explain to you that, that there are people currently hunting you. Um, uh, and there, there are a lot of really nice details um, for a person who doesn't want their handheld in a game. Yeah. Um, my, some of my favorites, two of my favorites. Um, uh, one, if you're writing... Um, and th- this is kind of a two-bitter. Um, if you're riding next to a carriage, for instance, you can it's jump. Just a button that you can says jump, jump onto it. Um, yeah. and and that that probably means that you just throw the person off. Like it's it's an upgraded hijacking of a vehicle, mm-hmm. which is really circumstantial. I mean, most of the time you're going to prefer riding your own horse, but it's a nice detail that they've added. Or if you want to, um, when you find out that there's a fence that you can sell carriages to, I've yes. utilized that a variety of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I did a solid night of just stealing carriages because I yeah. was like, I wonder how many I can sell how, this guy. How many can I sell this dude? And he got really pissed off. He's like, why are you back here? What are you doing? There's just so <laughs> many carriages. I'm like, dog, I'm trying to make a bank. You know what I mean? I was trying to buy a nice coat. All right. Okay. Um, the, the other thing that I really like um, comes from fishing. Um, when, you, when you go fishing. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's a fantastic quest where you, Hosea, and oh, Dutch go and Dutch, fishing. And Dutch, on the water. On it's the water. beautiful. Yeah, yeah, And then they're, they're just reminiscing about the good old times. You ju- it's like um, a solid half hour of just fishing. <laughs> it is. And they just talk to you. It's <laughs> and delightful. Everyone speaks. And then it's, it's up to you to finally end that mission. Um, I didn't for ages. I didn't for ages either. I, I pretty much pretty much caught absolutely everything there was it helps that it helps that the the game is so good looking that on that water Mm. even on that because we're both playing on the original playstation 4s that we have my goodness the game is like that moment where you're on the lake and i did it mine happened to be at sunset Mm. just circumstantially yeah same same as me and i went wow video games are pretty good you know what i mean i had the moment where this water is amazing i was like Um, is that prettier than real life it might be (laughs) you know what i mean um but but on on that on that note Mm. um when you go fishing afterward Mm -hmm. um and when you go to jetties and you go to docks where you're close to the shoreline um generally speaking there are little fish by the shoreline um, that are all programmed to have a knee-jerk reaction when there's a, a disturbance in the water. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll duck to one side. So if you as Arthur um, jump into the, the water next to next to those fish, they'll swim up onto shore oh and beach God. themselves. That's amazing. Um, and and you, can, you can actually make a lot of moolah doing that because um, a, lot of, a lot of really expensive fish. That brings up an uh, interesting point. Close to shoreline. Because that's a mechanic in Zelda, Breath of the Wild. Yes. And this game is mostly Breath of the Wild, but what if it was it Red does, Dead 2? It does feel a little uh, Breath of the Wild inspired. My, yeah. my argument, though, and this is not my analogy, I think it was Kotaku in their article about Red Dead 2, um... They described, like, the, they were talking about, like, the comparison between RDR2, GTA V, The Witcher 3, and AC Odyssey, and these kind of games that kind of all are, like, open worldy stuff or whatever. Mm. The difference is, like, this game is very custom to the point where, like, its voice is so unpointed on style that, like, and th- this was my, my thought here was that when I went from the, like, the sludgy, gross streets of Valentine to, like, the windswept, kind of red sanded or, like, red soiled roads they felt like different places yeah because the voice was so strong and they felt like real like not just different places but real places that in other games i'd be like it's like i've been playing assassin's creed odyssey and i could not tell you the visual difference between most of the cities in that Mm. game because they're all grecian they're kind of the same whereas this game like i know those two places are very different and even um 
the other location that you visit early in the game that isn't Valentine, that's name I can't recall. Um, Strawberry. Strawberry is even really different from that because it's it's kind of on the side of a mountain range and there's a river running through it. It's probably my favorite town in the game. It's gorgeous. I really love that. I really love it. Um, uh, Yes. And uh, another another character in the game really likes that town too, but I will say no more um, about that. (laughs) But I, I think the flip side though is that the immersion requires you to be bought in from moment one. That's why I think so yeah. many people, like, so many of my friends dislike this game, which we'll get to in a minute, but it, the the analogy that Kotaku used was this game is like uh, custom furniture, where, um, you know, it's, it's the opposite of, it's the opposite of, like, a flatpack Ikea unit. If Assassin's Creed Odyssey is flatpack <laughs> Ikea, you order it online, it turns up to your door, it's got an Allen key in it, it's got the instructions, everything is, like, cling fill wrapped, you can put it together in, like, ten minutes. You know, and it works every time, yeah. right? It's frustrating because it's like gives you too much information sometimes. Like, what do I fucking do here? Yeah, uh, it takes sometimes the, the the bits aren't labeled correctly, so it takes you a while. But eventually, you get there, and it's pretty straightforward, and it's pretty low maintenance, right? <laughs> Red Dead Redemption Two is like ordering a piece of bespoke furniture from someone you've never met before and trying to describe to them over the phone what you want from your furniture, and then when it turns up, trying to work out how they built it. <laughs> that's what this game is uh, i think it's you picking through all of that information trying to understand like how did they build this what word did they use all that stuff without talking to them mm. it's that kind of separation where the game forces you to engage with it by way of obfuscation and i think that that's why so like so many people i know went i was so excited for this game and i picked it up and i fucking hated it because it's not a game so they, they didn't hate they they hated it because it was well handhold it a, wasn't handhold a lot or? of the complaints they had were like the, the the frustration you described with the bounty hunters. The first thing oh, I did yeah. is I learned, right? Yeah. The only time I asked for help in this game was when I messaged you and I said, How do I get into this? How the fuck do I get to Blackwater? Yeah. And you went, you went, <laughs> fucking sneak in. You with have the to water. sneak in. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I thought of that, but I was like, It's a game. They're not going to let me do that. But Red Dead, does. of course, does. Yeah. Right? So the minute that I realized that, I never had to ask another question because I went, Well, what would you do in real life? Mm. You'd sneak in via water or you find a different route. Yeah. Right. So that was then how I approached the rest of the game. But it wasn't until you have that that transition in your head and i just wonder if like people don't they like that there's just too much of a barrier to entry for that bounty bounty hunters are uh like to, to dislike the game because of the bounty hunters if there's anybody listening out there who dropped the game immediately mm-hmm. um uh they are they are few and far between when they do ambush you it's horrendous um especially yep. especially if you're in a really great place for an ambush um uh i when one one of the things i I just stopped playing for half an hour because i had um uh, there's a beautiful black horse that you're given in the beginning of the game um it's it's optional you can sell it or you can keep it i kept kept mine and i that's the horse that i used the whole game um up until up until in (laughs) in lemoyne county when i was ambushed by nine bounty hunters one was on a fixed maxim gun um they what? yeah i know yeah, I didn't know yeah that yeah. could be a thing yeah dude. They, they they move they move these little ambush sites everywhere like then and, and oh like it was like a physical ambush yeah it was there was there was a carriage there which is the dead giveaway and you know same same as what you were yeah. saying after the first time you ambush you're like well i'm not gonna stick around to fight these guys i'm just gonna run away and when they do follow me i'll pick but them off one by one gun is right bad news. but a fixed machine gun at the end of a bridge coming out of saint denis you know you're you're dead like and and the 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 thing that kind of turned me off a little bit from the game is the death system itself, um, because uh, explain explain how that works if for people that oh okay, so if you've never died in this game yet. Um, <laughs> wait, 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 when the first time you died? Because the first time I died, 
I visibly like I was like I gasped because I like when it opens up and he's doing something that that I like but explain, yeah. explain the issue with the geography because yeah okay yeah. so they it 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 spawns you in a random kind of location um doing something cowboy like you know like you'll be leaning up against a tree smoking, smoking a cigarette, a cigarette yeah. or you know you'll be crouched by a campfire leaning against the wall smoking a cigarette sitting, sitting by a campfire smoking a cigarette sitting on your horse smoking a cigarette um, <laughs> it's a lot of cigarettes know, yeah smoking yeah. a cigarette and smoking another cigarette um uh, the like that's fine being spawned in a random location is completely doable mm-hmm. Um, when you have your horse, but f- some uh, some Joker some Joker um figured that the horse... horses have physical geography now. Well, it, not just that, um, because that happened to me too. But if if you if you die and your horse is on the verge of death, then your horse dies as well, and so you're stuck in the middle of nowhere without a damn. Yeah, you horse. don't have a horse. Um, uh, and then then you know like. Obviously, the counter argument would be just get a new horse. Well, I don't want to get a fucking new horse. <laughs> like, steal I, one. I, you know, like I don't want to steal a new one. I was given this beautiful black horse, um, and now it's dead. Um, I, I, and you know, it's something you gotta get over pretty quickly. But the it is a bit frustrating a when, when you know, like you have a kind of plan to go back to a particular city and just, just start you know, getting down into it and you get spawned to a rhythm that, out in the middle of nowhere. I think that's um, because it disrupts the rhythm and the flow of the game. Yeah. In a way yeah, that doesn't yeah. feel fun. Like, you know how, like, whenever that happens regularly, so, like, as we were talking about with the bounty hunters, right, mm. the lesson you learn from that ambush is when you're really, like, wanted, don't ride into bottlenecks. That's what you learn from that. Yeah. Like, don't ride across bridges into bottlenecks because you might be ambushed. But with the horse thing, if you've died, you've already been punished, right, because you lose money and you're somewhere else. Give me my horse, though. Mm. And if yeah. I, and you can get temporary horses if your horse is so far away. Like, if you whistle enough, the game is like, fine, just fucking have one. Mm. But it's never next to you. No, 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 no. It, they will, I just find that annoying. Away. Yeah, but like, yeah. As, even if you do die and your horse is alive, it doesn't always spawn with you. No, it could, could be it could be elsewhere. Which, um, I, like, I get that they're trying to be like, don't die next time, dickhead. But at the same time, like, <laughs> sometimes when you're really into a moment, like, you know, like, this game gets you, like... And we'll t- I'll touch on this in my meta reading, but you get into like this flow state where you're like, I am Arthur Morgan, and yeah. I am a Red Dead Redemption man. Mm. I'm a cowboy man. That's who I am now. My real life is no longer meaningful. I am nothing but a cattle rancher with a gun. That's mm. who I am. I'm going to bounty hunt. That's what I'm doing. And the game's like, now nah, you're dead. Walk for five minutes. You're like, God, I'm so <laughs> in the moment. Like it, it pulls you out of the flow. They weren't. They weren't too many ungodly moments where that happened because they, they do make it very um they do make it very nice for you to to get to particular cities where there are stables because there's a working train line yeah. and there's the stagecoaches are back um the only time the only times where i was really affected by that were when missions separated you from your horse entirely they they um, they, go, they get pretty good at that like later on when you're they riding, do, there are but, still some. But there's somewhere they that just go. You're in the middle of nowhere without mm. your horse, and you're like, I. Mm. It's because the game made me do something else. Yeah. Which instead of being able, like during the mission, if there was an option to then say, oh well, as we're going, just tie my horse to the back of this thing. Yeah. That because like I don't know why that's not a thing. In in, in missions where there are wagons, they, they do you that. Naturally. Um, but if you if you have to mount a different horse. Um, it's frustrating. Yeah, yeah. Then, then, and you can't uh, hold the lasso the whole time because you're doing a quest. Or exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. The other thing that you've written down that I thought was interesting was that horses are the most expensive and and frustrating element of the game. Oh, which they is what you're talking are. About. Yep. Um, 
And because you spend 99% of your money paying off bounties from in-game quests... Yeah, the, the only way you can do business in a city is if you have no bounties. It's frustrating um, because... Well, you... It depends. A stagecoach driver won't take you I've if you have a bounty. A, I've never had a problem with it. I've never used a stagecoach. Well, the stage stagecoach is like the only thing in this game equivalent to fast travel. There is a fast travel system, but, it but takes it's the dumbest fast travel system I haven't I've unlocked ever seen. It. I haven't, yep, that's, I haven't um, unlocked it yet, but I that's the next thing on my to-do list. In order because to properly, I want to see how it works. Yeah, in order to properly fast travel anywhere, um, just, I don't think it's a major spoiler, um, you need to be at camp. Yes. If Which, you're not at camp, you can't fast travel. Like, you just use the stagecoach yeah. like, like everyone else. Yep. Um, uh, Which makes sense, because in real life you can't. Oh, what's up? Ben's in the chat. Hey, man. <laughs> Our boy Ben's here. Ben is, Hi, Ben. Uh, Ben's got a bit of a flu this week, and he hasn't played Red Dead 2, so Aaron's subbing in. <laughs> ben hasn't um, played Red Dead 2? No, well, he, he played the first but three hours sick. with me. But, <laughs> yeah, well, he's sick. I don't think they're related. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, no, but I, I think even, you know... Um, one of my bit, one of my biggest problems with the game, and you touched on it too, is the it's the customization of certain things, especially things like clothing. Where and I know that Rockstar, are like especially mm. GTA Five, they prove that what they do is they release the game, then they add clothing options. Yeah. But even compared to the first game, the clothing options, even though they're modular, they're are, they are nowhere near enough. Like well, I, I I was expect what I kept expecting was each town I got to would have a new set of clothing that I could buy. Because that's what GTA always does. With you go to a different shop, didn't happen. It's all the it, same clothes. It does. It does kind of develop. Oh, does it? Okay. Like the the more cities you visit, especially when you get to Saint Denis, which is the Blackwater of mm-hmm. of Red Dead Redemption Two, um, because yeah. Blackwater is otherwise inaccessible. Um, uh, the my my kind of issue with it um, was that there was it was it had a very samey same feeling. In in the original Red Dead, um, uh, Red Dead Redemption, I mean, not Red Dead Revolver, um, the the first game OG. of the series. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, in Red Dead Redemption, there were I think like eight, eight outfits. Thirteen. Thirteen. Why do I know that off the top? Of that's my head? that's incredible. There, but there were a few. There were a few outfits. Well, they were all very different. They were all very well, different. Um, yes. With with the exception of something they did, re- well, something they did really nicely was they were about four of them were variations on John's regular outfit, mm. which is like his kind of cattle rancher jeans and his vest thing. Yeah. About four of them were variations, but one of them was like a poncho, one of them was a duster coat, one of them was a um, uh, without the vest and it was a different kind of jacket. Like it was kind of like four of them were like variations, and the rest of them were mm. totally different. There were different gangster outfits, different so the gangster gangs outfit of that of that. that um, you had a hunting outfit. You yeah. had um, gambling outfits. Gamblers' clothes. Um, yeah, yeah. If you, you had if you the the had dead the, the the ultimate master outfit, which was the best, which was just black like outlaw clothing. Yeah, you, you was, look like Lee Van Cleef. I was from, so fucking horny uh, for that. Yeah, the, God, that's a cool outfit. It is. It is. I, and and it's, there are similar outfits. You can do it in, in this game. But yeah, in this game. But what what I was looking for was, you, you, when you play GTA Five, there's a moment where you go, oh, I can dress like anything. Like you have yeah. a moment where you're like, oh, and this I was I was expecting to be like, I could I could dress like any cowboy I want to be. But mm. it's really at the moment it, it felt quite limiting, and I haven't got to the the rest of the different clothing. I've still got the default like options that you start the game with, but even like the gun stuff, like you can customize the the metal and the engravings and the rifling and stuff. But it doesn't change the way that anything works significantly enough that I felt like I should customize new guns. Yeah, because I I the minute that I they they were like you can dual wield, I was like two pistols baby, and that's mostly yeah. what I use exactly. So I have a Schofield and a double action that I've pimped out. 
But at no point did I add the barreling and go, or the rifling, and be like, that changed There's the There's a noticeable game. difference with, with the way I aim in this it game. Do the, um, it does the same. I don't know. It doesn't... It's, yeah, it is... It is very samey um uh in in that respect i like the gun customization a lot better um do, do you find it's... did you find the guns themselves feel adequately different like the different categories and stuff like the um, rifles and the pistols and the so one thing and i don't i don't know it's it's been a while since my last playthrough of the original red dead redemption mm-hmm. one thing i noticed was well, in in terms of gameplay mm-hmm. with pistols and guns um more rifles and repeaters than anything um when you fire a shot, you fire a shot first, and then you have to double tap to reload. The Do gun. you mean in the original game? In the no, in the original game, you're not doing that. Like you, you as as like when you fire, there's a delay as you re- like yeah. reload, and then you fire again. Yeah. In in this game, um, uh, every time you scope in to aim at someone, R two in our case with PS fours yeah. fires, um, yes. and then R two then is used to reload the that gun. wasn't the case in the original it would automatically yeah. do it yeah. so the 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 frustrating thing is when you know you're you have an escort or you have like a guardian angel kind of in a in a watchtower kind of situation where you have a scoped rifle and you've lined up a shot and suddenly you realize you've forgotten to reload your gun and then that that the, the ai the ai in this game i think is stellar in comparison it's to the last game 99 percent of the point like, uh, the yeah. 1% when it goes wrong, you go, it's a video game. Yeah, exactly. In, in this in this case, because the AI is constantly moving, and, and they're, they're, very, they're very reactive to, to the situation Every, that's going Like, on. when you shoot a guy in the chest, he, like, it, you can see it happening. Yeah, but, but also the, the other, like, the other uh, enemies see that happening as well, I, my, um, and they I, react to it. That, that, to me, is what, makes, is what sets this apart from the other games that I've played recently. It's mm. so, like The Witcher 3 is the only other game I've played where it felt really realistic in that way, where unless there is someone controlling... I've talked about this in a previous post-show um, before, but there's a moment in The Witcher 3 that I have which will stay with me forever in my, like, for, until I die, probably, which was... I came upon this, like, giant gnarled tree. It was, like, a huge tree that had been, like, you know, shaved down to, like, just its trunk. There was no branches or anything. Mm. And it had been turned into, like, this kind of makeshift living space. And it was kind of people were living in the tree and stuff. But all around the tree, for, like, a good kilometer, was just, like, this ankle-deep water, right? And I'm riding my horse up. And it's just, like, I just saw it in the distance. And I was like, what a weird place. Mm. So I ride my horse up, and I kind of approach it. And this guy from the top yells down at me, and he's he hollers down, and he's like... Yeah, they can't be here. This is our fucking land. Get off my fucking property or whatever. Whatever he says. Mm. And I'm like, no, fuck off. I'm Geralt fucking Rivia. <laughs> and what then what happens is people start pouring out of this tree. Like, it's That's a tree right. full of raiders, right? Yeah. And they pour out and they surround me. And it's like 100 dudes. Like, it's it's an area that the game... Like, I was looking on the wiki and they're like, yeah, 90 plus, right? And <laughs> and I'm, this is, I'm playing on New Game Nightmare March, New Game Plus or whatever. Mm. And I... And it's 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 midnight, and the moon is up, and the moon is this. It makes the the kind of water into the silver platter, you know, silver cloth. And I'm butchering dudes, and I'm and it, the water is slowly turning red as I kill these dudes. And by the mm. time I finish, and I'm like mentally drained because I've been concentrating for like a good thirty minutes trying to kill these dudes, and they're all dead. And it's just this this ocean of bodies, and the water has gone from silver to red. Mm. And I was like, that is a moment in a game. Whatever that is, that was something that I felt that I truly experienced. In this yeah. game, Red Dead Redemption 2 has a bunch of those. It me. is chock full of that kind of and shit. Absolutely. that is so hard to do. Yeah. Um, before we get into my meta reading, because it is directly related to that, was there anything else you wanted to cover before we kind of move into into why I think that that feeling occurs? Um, 
very, very sparingly uh, talk about Dutch. Yes, um, well, here's the kind is, of is very important. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 well, the story the about Dutch's gang. Yeah. you know, we um, should talk about John as well before we move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, both both those characters. Let's touch on I Dutch think. quickly, and then John potentially um, more. Lengths. And and uh, just like very generally on the gang as well. Um, the Dutch Dutch is uh, like kind of the, the an idealist of, of the group yeah um he's he's the one with he's the man with the plan um and he's also the man that kind of believes in this mythical land called the west um yeah he doesn't believe is, in america he believes he, he in... believes in like a heap of independent states it's he's really yeah, yeah yeah very very anarchic um in his worldview but 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 it kind of not not so much that more utopian um i felt he he feels to modulate between i th- I think my issue with dutch is ideology like as i'm judging him when you play it through is like he is this idealist right mm. however at the same time he often forsakes his ideals for his family which is like what the state does as well so he kind of contradicts himself a little bit with that stuff it, it's like his gang means a lot to him mm-hmm. um and i think it I think it means more to him than the idea of ever settling down. Like it, as yeah. as you go through the game, he will he will demonstrate that he doesn't really have a plan for what happens after they stop robbing banks. Or like even um, like has a plan for like where they'll go next. Yeah. Like you know, you see when you first move camp in that game, um you go from uh, where you are on like the horse, what's the first camp called? Um, Horseshoe Point. Or Horseshoe, like that. yeah, yeah. You go Horseshoe from there, Overlook. Yeah, yeah. And you go from there to like this empty riverbed, and the first thing Charles, the guy that you go with, says is he's like, "Oh, this will be bad in rain, and yeah. also people are already here." And you find a better spot, but Dutch didn't really have a plan. He was like, "You guys, go work it out." Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, they they had to move. Um, uh, what I yeah, what I'm talking about is he doesn't really have a major plan after this. Oh, for the like point. most of the people are following Dutch because they they are in a dire situation where they have no land of their own. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been displaced. In some cases, their families have been murdered. Yeah. Um, uh, and that means that they're they are effectively uh, they're effectively vagrants. Um, they have they again no no property, <laughs> uh, no no wealth to their names. So they they're forced into this outlaw life, and none of them really want to be in it. Um, Seemingly, uh, except. Dutch. Probably except for Dutch and I would say Micah. Um uh who's yeah, I mean even Sean to an extent. Sean is one of my favorite characters because he is so complex. Mm. I, I really love Sean's character. Get close to Sean. Yeah, I, I really like him. Because yeah. he, he's like the Irish kind of plucky youngster who, you know, him and Morgan have this kind of back and forth that I really enjoy, but I can see there's like something there. And every yeah. time I talk to him, I'm like, I want to get to fucking know you. Mm. Um Let's talk about John before we get into my meta reading, because we do need to wrap the show up. Yeah. So John Marston is the protagonist of Red Dead Redemption, the original. Yes. And in this game, what's interesting to me, and I made a note of this in our notes, is that really the, the it's the story of John Marston and the epilogue of Arthur Morgan. In some ways, this narrative. Yeah. Um, where it's like Arthur Morgan was the the golden goose he was like the guy who was the one with all the answers and now he's like the work kind of horse he's the guy who he's the attack dog but john marston is like the guy that gets forgiven for everything you know he goes away for a year everyone else has to pick up after him he comes yeah. back all that stuff like it really feels like the story is about john coming back it's in, in a lot of ways the yeah the this author author is demonstrably affected by john's disappearance um and i I, he pretends that it's about 
the like well if anyone else did it they wouldn't be forgiven but i think he was like personally hurt by that yeah Yeah. i think so um uh, but arthur arthur's arthur is like loyal that's why i compare him to a dog um he's he's uh yeah there there is there are some questionable things that occur um toward the end of the game and uh one thing that i that I never really understood about the end of the game is why Arthur didn't leave the gang. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's because, it's because he's cursed. Um, he's cursed to, to be loyal to Dutch. Um, right. uh, and yeah, it's, it's a shame. John, John isn't though. And I think no. Arthur, Arthur, Arthur likes that John isn't bound by that. He, yeah. So he may, so he, it's not so much that he's angry or upset. It's that he resents maybe that John was able to leave for a year. Yes. You know, whereas Arthur is not capable of that. For whatever reason, I don't want to spoil it because I haven't got to that point it's yet. A very, it's a very kind of kind of a mystical reason um, because a, a lot of people, a lot of people in Arthur's life um, uh, kind of question the fact why why he's still there. Right, you know, like, make a lot of sense. Like the, 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 the young woman that he's, he was seeing desperately wanted him to get out of the outlaw life, but mm-hmm. he wouldn't. Um, yeah. And as to whether that's because he's loyal to Dutch, loyal to the gang, um, or, or for other reasons, maybe because he can't do anything else. Um, right. Well, what, yeah. I mean, you even, see that, you even see that with, uh, there's that great quest toward the start of the game where it's just before you leave Valentine, where um, John and Arthur, uh, they steal some sheep from some farmers and Arthur teaches John how to like be a ranch hand specifically he says now's not the time for you to like yeah. learning to learn how to ranch and the irony um, of that is like later on that's what john's gonna do with his life but yeah i, I, I like there are a lot of there are a lot of little lot of funny nods. digs yeah. uh yeah arthur arthur uh kind of jokes about him standing a bit too close to water at the second camp yep um and and john says shut the hell up and great. i love that i love that because it's a little little, first little game cues. you couldn't swim yeah um <laughs> and then, uh, arthur who makes fun of john repeatedly for that in the story it's great mm. um so let's get through my meta reading because we are running quickly out of time um so i want to talk about zizek and immersion and i'll do a kind of quick overview and then explain why this game i think on like a meta level works really well so Zizek kind of he was a philosopher that expanded on Lacan's idea of the real. Lacan's idea of the real was the real is like an absolute thing that is exclusive of like symbolism and meaning and language. The real is something that exists outside of any influence you have on it. It is absolute. And Zizek kind of expanded on this um, in a lot of ways where he talked about imaginary. Um, he, he talked about like the imaginary real. And the game utilizes the imaginary real with, like... Because there's so many systems that you can't see. Uh, What ends up happening is... And to give you a quick definition of the imaginary real before we then get into, like, how this game does it well. Quick definition. The imaginary real is an unfathomable something that permeates things as a trace of the sublime. This form of the real becomes perceptible in things like the full Monty. Um, in In the act of disrobing the unemployed protagonist completely like completely is present and real in that moment. So like the only way that I, the, the way that I understand the real and the imaginary real is the real is the absolute truth of a thing of an experience or of a person or of a moment. Right. Mm. And in the full Monty, for instance, when he has that moment of like voluntary degradation where he, he's naked, he doesn't have a job, he doesn't have anything. There is something else that isn't controlled by language or meaning or anything that is visible to the viewer where they like when you watch that film and if you haven't like experienced the full Monty, you should watch it like you fuck like something happens in your brain where you you 
you touch the sublime for a brief moment because there is nothing else but that vulnerability. It's the absolute truth of a thing, right? Um, and Zizek proposed that, you know, he, he talked about the sound of music as an example, where the invaded Austrians are depicted more like provincial fascists, while the Nazis are like Jewish bureaucrat style people. Hmm. Um, and he talked about like, um, he posits that the movie has a hidden pro-fascist pro message that is the real of that film. Or if you really unpack those ideas and you take away the vocabulary and you get to the essence of what it is, the real is that it is pro-fascist. Mm. Um, and so in the context of Red Dead 2, Zizek's imaginary real is made itself felt during the moments when you stop making gameplay decisions and you start acting as Arthur and experiencing as Arthur, right? Mm. And there are a handful of sections where the seamless cut, you know, like the... I mean, it helps, like, the God of War-style cut thing that they have where it, like, seamlessly translates. Yeah, or yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. It is very nice. But there's a few moments where, like, as we were talking about before, where you stop perceiving the systems and you start experiencing something that is sublime, like... And it's not that, it's not that you know, the, the kind of... The imagined real isn't, like, the Matrix where you come out... At, like, you know, the imagined real in the Matrix is when you're in the Matrix, there are elements of that real um, that like you can kind of deal with and you can understand mm. but in truth like in the film the matrix what ends up happening is you you know you know when neo comes out of the he comes out of the matrix yeah right he's leaving the imagined real and he's accessing the real which is like this you know the shitty reality yeah. he lives in this game does the opposite where it proposes like you're playing a video game chill out dog don't worry about <laughs> it right but really the real that happens is like the real of the game is not the imagined real, which is like, oh, you're in the simulation. It's this feels like real. Mm. Like it feels like real life. You feel like you are Arthur Morgan. Yeah. For brief moments and seconds and stuff like that. We talked about the bounties where like you learn something and you go through. Mm. But it's the other moments. Like when I, you know, it's little shit where I was walking through, I was walking into roads for the second time and like the wind was blowing and the, the red dust was coming up. And I don't run in this game if I can't help it. I tend to walk everywhere. <laughs> just because it makes me feel more realistic and i was walking and someone was like uh yeah you know they said something to me and i responded to them and then like someone got like thrown out like out of bar wind like <laughs> bar a bar window. door or whatever yeah. and then like someone was arguing i walked up and i helped resolve it but it wasn't like a gameplay decision it just was like instinct yeah and that kind of that instinct is what jizek would propose is like the imagined real it's like hmm. gameplay and video games can simulate that that kind of uh, it's not even a a pretend version of reality, but like when you're playing it, the, the experience is real to you, right? Yeah. When you're playing Red Dead Two and you you're like you know I'm staying up till three a.m. or whatever. Absolutely, yeah. It yeah, feels it's, real it's, when you're it, in it. The, the stories that come out of it, yeah. The the um uh, it's it's nice to be able to fulfill that cowboy fantasy. I think. Yeah. Um, but it's and, it's not the around. it's not an empowerment fantasy. It's. No, it's it's you're doing everything that you would do as a cowboy, um, right? Uh, like, you, like you know, if you want to go rustle cattle, you can go do that. Um, yeah. You can you can absolutely do that. And you want to go go chase sheep, want to go break horses, want to steal carriages, steal wanna, carriages, you, you know, know, stick up stores, go, go fish, go hunt, go hunt a bear. Hunting, go, dude, I haven't even brought myself to kill that first bear because it was terrifying. Oh man, it's it's some of the some of the fights I've seen are are amazing, and then if if you if you play it if you play it like a methodical bastard, uh, you know, and and you're you're uh you get up on the rocks around there and you and oh, you, you snipe the bear, nice. yeah. yeah, it you you actually put the fear of God into it and it <laughs> runs away. It was it was that was that was a power fantasy. Um, That's <laughs> it was really fun. Yeah. Um, uh, and then other other hunts are uh are just as 
fraught with mm-hmm. with danger. Um, I recently finished hunting a wolf, um, and uh, I I was I was stalking it for miles. Like you know, the the original clue is like, yeah, you've you've managed to find the area find the clue and then you end up walking in some god-awful direction uh-huh. for miles and i got to a place kind of like yosemite park um where uh sorry yellowstone not yosemite uh-huh. um uh yellowstone park with all the huge kind of flumes of water and the the wolf was circling one of these as it like shot into the air and i remember i shot it with one arrow and embedded it, you know into the side of its shoulder and it kept fucking running at me um uh, and and i had to finish it off with my knife it's those like Jesus. those epic like like yeah. you know like split second decisions oh. where you have to put your bow down and then get this knife out as it jumps at you and it starts it's like on, ripping yeah. your clothes apart <laughs> i yeah I, I i think that perfectly summarizes why it's like mm. like but you don't go i need to make a gameplay decision you're like the, i have to decide something yeah you know? yeah um it's and there are, there are a lot of things in there that keep that in check mm. that that provide that yeah. that realism it's um, honestly one of my which is yeah it's it is a very games. good game yeah. um uh later on it's it's interesting um if we I can do a retrospective of this i would love to do a part two game, when i finish it and after you. after you know most people have done with with we'll, the we'll game revisit, yeah um uh, i have a lot of lot of opinions <laughs> that, yeah. that that are hiding under the surface here okay. that i can't really yeah, share we'll, because we'll, it would um uh, destroy yeah we'll do a spoiler a lot of the experience spoiler cast at some point yeah. that, that might be a good place to wrap up um yes we, we do a segment each week where we talk about stuff that we've been watching or listening to or whatever but you've just been playing this game so we Probably can skip it. Mm. Um, I've been doing other things. Well, what 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 can you recommend to people to check out, if anything? Um, boy, uh, I I think uh, like on on the topic of cowboys, if we if we if we want to if we want to do cowboys, yeah. um, uh, go go check out go check out Blood Meridian. Um, if if viewers of this podcast haven't already, mm-hmm. um, by Cormac McCarthy. A lot of uh, a lot of Colin McCarthy's work is is a lot like Red Dead Redemption. Mm-hmm. I think I think um, there was a lot of influence, yeah. a lot of influence drawn from Even his work tonally. Yeah, 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 put into into these games. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and uh, I I watch a film. Uh, watch film. Bad Times of the El Royale. Go go see yeah. that. We talked about that last time we uh, hung out. Yeah, uh, um, it's an interesting one. It's an interesting film. Um, uh, very nice aesthetic, um, but a, a kind of a cautionary tale in uh, hiring Chris Hemsworth to do anything other than play Thor. Yeah, um, and and also also trying to write like Tarantino when when you aren't like Tarantino. Um, I mean, everyone's <laughs> trying to do that these days. Yeah, so <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of what I've even been checking out. I mean, I've been playing Red Dead Two. I've nearly finished Dead Devil Season Three. It's a bit plotting. But I'm getting there. Um, uh, Patrick wonders what you thought of the soundtrack for the El Royale. Um, what did I think of the soundtrack? I I didn't mind the soundtrack. Um, uh, I one of the characters in in the film is is a singer. There's a lot of Isley Brothers. Oh, okay. Um, uh, of, <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's and and I can get behind that. that's that's there is there's a fantastic scene actually in in the film um, uh, where the singer is is doing a, like an acapella performance and every so often she claps her hands um but oh, in the meantime uh, one of the main characters is under a bed chiseling to the sound of her claps so that the people on the other yeah. side of the window can't hear That's some Edgar Wright shit yeah. it, it's, it was it was some really it was a really tense moment um in in a film uh that that 
desperately needed more tense moments in it. Um, <laughs> love it. Uh, love it. Uh, this is normally the part of the show where Ben plugs all of our stuff for us. Um, you can just find us everywhere at DCM Works, or if you just want to go centrally, DCM.Works is the place to go. Um, otherwise, if you were looking to get behind-the-scenes content, um, if you didn't catch this live and you want to see the post-show, you can go to patreon.com slash DCMWorks and support us there. Um, alternatively, uh, you can buy my book, Maynard Trick, at maynardtrick.com that Aaron uh, edited uh, and uh, is suffering currently with me, uh, about to suffer through the second book um, <laughs> for that one as well, uh, maynardtrick.com. And if you want to buy the ebook, you can get 15% off using coupon code AFAPOD at checkout, which is nice. Um, Yes, you can check that out. Uh, really proud of the book, and I'm really excited for more people to read it. So if you do want to check that out, you can do that. It's going to be an audiobook sooner rather than mm. later. Just waiting to hear back from some other things for that one. feel like that's it. It's on Amazon, but if you just want to buy it directly, maynotrick.com. Otherwise, if you wanted to follow us individually, I'm at DCMIHatePie. I'm at Aaron underscore Arasvari. Good luck. Good um, luck. It's in the show notes anyway. <laughs> uh, and we will see you guys.